We're having a good time tonight. Are you guys excited about what God's doing here tonight? Are you guys excited about what God's doing in here tonight? Yes, that's right. So last week when we got together, we were all together and we talked about what? So good. So good. Love it. We talked about how his presence is necessary. Oh, <laughs> now you guys remember. That's right. So say this after me. His presence is necessary in my life. So good that you guys didn't remember because a lot of tonight is just going to be a little bit of reiteration of some things we talked about last week. So if you weren't with us last week, we're going to bring you up to speed. For those of you that forgot about what happened last week, we're going to bring you back up to speed because his presence is necessary. Ooh. Yeah, jinx, you owe me a Coke. Do people still do that anymore? You still owe people Cokes when you jinx them? No, what do you do now? Robert does. Hit me up with that Coke. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about how his presence is necessary in our life because this is what it is, guys. When you get in the presence of God, you're guaranteed to have change in your life. When every time people have an encounter with God, anyone that had an encounter with Jesus in the Bible, they always left changed. Amen. Sometimes in radical, amazing ways, sometimes in small ways, but anyway, some way, shape, or form, people change when they get in the presence of God. So when you guys encounter his presence, you should expect a change in your life. And you should want his presence in your life. Amen? So over here in the book of Luke, we're going to read this again over in chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Out of the ESV, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Mary had Jesus in the flesh in her home. His presence was in her humble abode just a room away. Mary wanted to take advantage of the presence of the Lord God in her home. She had already heard about the things that he did. She already knew about who he was and what he was going to do, and she believed in him. And so the mere fact that he was in her home gave her an opportunity to be in the presence of Jesus Christ, the one who was healing people, the one that was delivering people, the one that was saving people and, 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 and breaking down strongholds and, and bringing restoration to people's lives was in her house. And what Jesus is saying here is that Martha, Mary recognizes this. Mary understands who is in her house. And I'm not gonna, if she wants to sit at my feet, if she needs something from me, Jesus I'm going to let her be there. So with that in mind, I want you guys to understand this. If you need something from God, then you got to be in his presence. You got to get in his presence to get what he has for you. Amen? So with that in mind, let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Let's get our hearts ready to receive. His presence is necessary. 
All right, so Father God, we just thank you right now for what you're doing in this place, Lord. We just thank you for your presence right in this place, God, that you are giving us tools, that you are giving us insight, that you are giving us wisdom, that you are saying, hey, I've got it all here for you. Be in my presence so you can learn from me. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord, and I pray that we inspire us and that you encourage us in our walk with you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I was thinking about it. I, I don't really have like a cute example for you guys tonight, but have you guys realized that we just had false fall last week? Like it was like beautiful 80 degree weather, like almost trickling into the 70s. And even on some mornings, it was like cool 60s outside. Like it felt good. And like when you get that crisp fall weather, like you feel good. Anyone else feel good last week? And now this week you're like, oh gosh, fall wasn't real. It didn't happen. But what I am thankful for is air conditioning. <laughs> air conditioning so nice and so wonderful and so amazing. But I was thinking about it and I was, and you know, our upstairs unit is always broke, broken in this building. It's always messing up. I don't know why, but when I went up there today, it was 82 degrees up there. It doesn't seem very hot, but 82 degrees is quite warm for an inside temperature. So it got me thinking like, man, I'm so glad that we have air conditioning. But then I even thought like, what if for whatever reason, we didn't take advantage of the use of the air conditioner, even in this room. If we turned the AC off, it would get hot. It would get sweaty. It would get gross. It would get humid real quick, and it would be nasty. But how, why, why would we not use the air conditioner? We have one, right? You hear it right now. It's going. It would be unwise. It wouldn't make sense for us to not take advantage of the thing that we've been blessed with so that we can stay cool. And so I was thinking about that with God. It's like he's given us this opportunity to be in his presence, to learn from him, to grow with him, to, to understand how to live our lives, to understand how to walk in his ways, to walk in his truth. But if we don't actually start going to him and taking advantage of this access that we have with him, it's almost foolish. You guys have access to Father God. You have access to Jesus. And so you should take advantage of your access. In the same way that Mary did in her own home, not everyone got blessed with having Jesus in their house. Jesus didn't go to everyone's home, but Mary and Martha, Jesus went to their house and she was like, I'm gonna take advantage of this. This dude's in my house. I'm gonna go and learn from him. I'm gonna go and get what I need from God. But what's great and what's amazing is we don't have to wait for Jesus Christ to, to show up and be in our house because of what he's done for us. You know, we talked about it last week, but I want to remind you what Jesus has done for you. Over in Romans 5, 1, it says, Therefore, we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. You've been now made righteous. Now that gives you this access, that gives you this free access to actually encounter and interact with God because now you've, you've it says over here in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says that for, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, he might become, we might become the righteousness of God. He took all of it upon himself he paid the price. He paid the bill. It's like going to a restaurant and you find out someone paid for your food. I don't you know if you guys have even had that happen to you yet, but it's quite a good feeling when you feel like, hey, I got to pay for this $30 meal or whatever it is or whatever type of thing you guys like to eat. I don't know. Maybe it's like a $5 footlong. Do they even make those anymore? Subway footlong? Anyone? Who likes Subway? Wow. 
Not anybody. Okay. Three people, four people. Okay. Just curious. What, you, what do you guys eat? What's your favorite restaurant? Chipotle. All right. I mean, how good would you feel if you walked into Chipotle, you got the burrito bowl, you got the big boy burrito or whatever it is, and you find out when you got to the end of the line that someone paid for your burrito. That would be amazing. That'd be rad. But what's great is, not, I'm not really equating Jesus to buying your burrito by any means, but I'm just saying like that same feeling is like God has already paid the bill. God has already paid the price through Jesus Christ. And so now we have access to him. We have access through him. And I know some of you guys are saying, look, I've done some stupid things. I've messed up. How can I really be that, that, that clean to actually encounter God. But Romans 8.1 says that there's now no condemnation to those who belong to Christ. Now that you've been made righteous, you belong to Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what he's done. It doesn't matter what you've said. It matters what Jesus said that you are a masterpiece, that you've been created anew, that you are a new creation in his sight by what he did for you. There is no amount of action that can undo his actions, okay? You guys are made righteous, wonderful human beings who now have access to his presence. Over here in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. When we draw near to him, he begins to help cleanse us of these things and it helps remind us of these things that maybe we've done or maybe that we've said. And he says, yo, you probably shouldn't have said that. You probably shouldn't have acted like that. You probably shouldn't have done that, but I still love you. I want to purify your heart. I want to make you pure in your innermost being. Your heart is your innermost being. He wants to bring peace to you. He wants to bring calmness to you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you encouragement, but you gotta be near to him. You gotta be in his presence in order for that to happen. And I love this verse. It's such a good verse. Over in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, uh, out of the ESV, it says, now the Lord is the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree of one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I, I didn't realize this last week when I read this verse, but it says with unveiled face, meaning like we don't need to be covered anymore. We don't need to have, we don't need to walk in shameful. We don't need to walk in like we're not worthy anymore because now we've been made worthy. We don't have to have a veil over us. We don't have to have a covering over us anymore. We can freely come into the presence of God and be transformed into his image. When we spend time with our creator, we begin to know what he's created us for. So then we learn to transform into that image. You know, we, we talk about John 14, 6 a lot where it says, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and when you start to spend time with him, you start to understand his ways. You start to understand the way. You start to learn the truth, and it, then it begins to give you life. His ways will lead you to the truth, and his truth will lead you to life. But we've got to be in his presence to begin to understand those things. I want to take you guys over to the book of Mark, chapter 5. How many of you guys are familiar with the woman of the issue with blood? You guys heard that story, that account before? Well, there was this lady 
over here in Mark 5. We're about to read about her, but essentially there was another miracle that was about to take place. Jesus was about to go to a man's house to help heal his daughter and, and make sure that she was made well. And on their way to that house, Jesus had an encounter with this woman. Mark 5, 25 through 34. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd, who touched my robe? And his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees right in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. There's a lot of things that are happening in this passage, but what really stood out to me today, what really was brought to light in my mind is that a lot of people had heard about Jesus. A lot of people had knew, known what he had done, and, and a lot of people similar to her probably had some ailments in their bodies or some things that they were going through, and there was all these people crowded around Jesus, and there were a lot of people touching him. That's why the disciples were like, dude, everyone's touching you. Like, what do you mean who touched you? Like, you've been touched every, every moment since we've been here, man. Like, what are you talking about? The crowd is up on us. Like, it's gross up in here. Like, I can smell that dude's breath on your robe right now. You know what I mean? Like, they were all over the place. Everyone was touching. But no one knew or no one realized the value of the presence of Jesus Christ. No one understood who they truly were in the presence of. But this woman, she recognized and realized, like, if I can get in his presence, if I can get to him, if I can make it to him, if I can touch him, I know I'll be healed. We have to recognize and understand that times in his presence are not to be taken lightly and not to be taken for granted. All these people had just as much opportunity to be healed as she did. All these people had just as much opportunity to have a miracle happen in their life had they known the value of the one that they were in front of. Had they realized the value of their presence in his presence. From Matthew eleven twenty eight. I've always loved this verse. It's just it's always been a good one. But it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Are you tired? 
Are you, are you worn out? Are, 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 you, are you fearful? Are you anxious? Are, are you worried? Are you sad? Are you dealing with some stuff? Are you going through some things? God's just saying, get in my presence, and I'll give you rest for your souls. These things that you don't know how to navigate, these, these situations, these, these friendships, these teachers, people on my bus, the bus driver, like, you don't know how to deal with these people, and, and, and it causes you great grief, and it causes you great pressure, but Jesus says, if you spend time in my presence, you will find rest for my souls. If you give these, if you trust me with these things, if you trust the value of my presence, I will teach you, I will show you how to live out these things for your life. One last scripture for you guys. We read it last week, but I want to read it one more time. I don't know where it went. I don't know where it went, but it's fine. Guys, you have such amazing opportunity to have this access. I want you to understand that this is this is not something that you have to work for because the work's already been done. You don't have to earn this. You might not deserve this, but but God has given it to you. It's a gift. The gift of this relationship, this gift of salvation, this gift of this right of access. You know, it, it says in John three sixteen that he gave his son. He didn't say he made you buy his son. He didn't say he made you purchase this. He made you work for this. He made you do this. He made you earn salvation. No, it says he gave it to you. Understand this gift of this position that you have. Understand this gift of this access that you have. If you want to learn how to live your life, if you want to learn how to walk in his ways, spend time with him. Come to him with, with purpose. Come to him with excitement. Come to him with expectation that you will receive. You know, we've talked about it many times that, you know, if you seek him, you'll find him. If you knock, a door's going to be open. If you ask, you will receive because it says like us, if we can expect good gifts from our parents, how much more would our Father in heaven be willing to give for us? So when you seek him in his presence, expect to receive from him because he always delivers. He always delivers. Are you tired? Are you weary? Go to him. Go to him. His ways are easy, his ways are light, and they will lead to life for you. Amen? I want to pray for you all real fast. Father God, I just thank you so much for this amazing gift that you've given us, Lord. I thank you so much for this awesome access that we have to you, God. 
that we don't have to do all these rituals or all these things, God, just in order for a prayer to work or whatever. Like we, we know that when we pray that you hear us. We know that when we worship you, you hear us. We know that when we cry to you, you hear us. We know that when we are with you, you are with us. Thank you for it, Lord. God, I just pray for every single one of us right now, Lord, that we understand the value of the gift that's been given to us. We understand the importance of being in your presence, God. God, I pray that you provoke and you challenge all of us to be more adamant about getting in your presence and spending time with you so that we can grow in your ways and walk in your ways.